0: Busy, busy, too busy. Ah. I have produced four. No, I've produced an average of thirteen videos per day. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Why? Um, not 30. That's a lie. Seven. That's less. Great. <laughs> now it feels like I haven't done a lot. <laughs> I mean, that is still a lot. It's still, it's still a decent number. Well, they're an hour-long each and stuff, so it's Oof. like a proper slog to get through each one. Never mind doing seven a day. I was just like, there's no way I'm doing more than more than eight a day because that would be a full work day just, just watching them.
1: You're editing them and then you have to w- watch them back to make sure they all make sense? I'm not watching them back.
0: Okay. I'm skipping that
1: part. I'm
0: just <laughs> editing out. The boring bits that start in the end, editing nice. out the bits in the middle where I know I can edit out, but I'm not watching, I'm not checking to see if anybody accidentally swears that I have to censor. I'm not checking <laughs> to see if there's any like glitches in the middle of the videos. So if there are they, are, they are getting out into the world. There's not enough time to actually do my job. So I'm just doing kind of my job. Kind of, kind of my job. I mean, that that is yeah. better than, than not doing your job, for example. Yeah. But it is stressful. I'm, I'm, I'm used to the one video a day thing. That that level of stress where, like, maybe there's a mistake in the one video and I can be embarrassed by that. But now I've got several times worth of videos to be embarrassed by if they go wrong.
1: It's not a good feeling. How about you, Colin? How's your week been? I have had a, an interesting week in which I was filming with an, an Oxford professor on, on Wednesday. Right. It was outside... And it was very sunny and I was oh, yeah. I was unable to see that the shot of this Oxford professor who was giving up his time oh, no. for 45 minutes to chat to us about sleep oh, no. was overexposed so badly and his face was basically white. Oh, no. Even though in reality he had a very nice tan. I only realized this. When I got home, oh no! Having shot this like three-camera half-an-hour interview, oh dear! And so instead, instead of you know having a chill Wednesday, go home about five o'clock on Wednesday, and the usual plan would have been okay. We're going to ingest the footage, make sure it's all there, label it, and then we'll have some dinner, call it night. But instead, yeah, I realised it was, and I had a feeling. I had a feeling it did not look right. But of course, I just left it. Yeah, you didn't decide to do the investigations because, like, hey, what could possibly go wrong? Well, exactly, and also it was an Oxford professor. I didn't want to be like, "Hi, sorry, everybody. Um, can we just stop so I can make sure that this shot looks okay?" I should have said that, but I didn't. You should have, yeah, yeah. That's your that is your job, but it's just hard to do. <laughs> so, anyway, I got home and instead did a crash course in color correction having googled uh, in about four different ways how to save a shot from being from total overexposure yeah
0: how to fix overexposure i mean you you can you can't you can pretend that you've (laughs) saved the shot
1: (laughs) it's easier to add light than it is to take it away exactly and that was basically the conclusion there were just there were some parts of this guy's head it didn't help that he was bald but there were some parts of this guy's head which the computer was just like, nope, I can't see anything there, therefore it is white. No, well, yeah, no, it's working with flat white pixels. It can't, like, decide, oh, this one could have been less white than the other ones. Like, I'm sure if I was some high-budget VFX studio, or if I was you, James, then you would have been able to do something you better. Just, just
0: pulled someone's bald head out of Google pictures, Google
1: images, and then track it into the right place. So instead... I was just left with this image where everything just looks a bit funny, because yeah. that was not how he looked when we were filming it. But you know what? Yeah. If uh, Unless you knew, going into watching this video package, that that was the problem I'd encountered, you probably wouldn't notice. But if you, right. if you do know that that was what I was battling against, it is so clear as day yeah. that I've I, uh, I- messed it up.
0: Yeah, I think people are use, are used to it at the same time, though we all watch enough live news and stuff where we forgive people for having overexposed
1: interviews. Well, yeah, but- It just is a thing. I, I should have, I really should have caught it. I think it's because, yeah. well, partly it is because I I was very aware that this dude is giving up his time for free yeah. and was meant to be in San Francisco giving lectures right now. Right. And instead is sitting down outside and me like filming him with a Canon 200D. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah,
0: but hopefully you still have have learned the lesson that if you have a suspicion in the in the back of your neck, to be trying to engage with that suspicion first and get it over with. Absolutely, it's not too bad of an inconvenience. One day you can buy yourself one of those fancy monitors that you don't actually have to look at the little one on the camera. You know, it'll be good. Yeah, it will exactly. But he was talking to you about sleep. Yeah, he's
1: a, he's a professor of sleep. It's super interesting. What did he learn? how can i watch this video i I will send it to you uh for example he talks about well actually maybe you have to pay for it i can't remember anyway he talks about uh how you have to pay for a free interview because before like it's behind like a paywall we're doing it for a client but you know it's 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 very interesting so i'll i'll I'll, you know send you a sneaky youtube like anyway he talks about how people will always ask him how many hours of sleep should I be getting? Right, and his uh, I was I was eagerly anticipating his next words to, to see if I was over and under, and he said, "That is a nonsensical question. It's like asking yes. what is the best shoe size, exactly, or what is what is the best height." And I was like, "Oh, that 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 did not go where I thought it was going to go." What is the best height? That depends what app you're using. And, and so he said, everyone needs. A core amount of sleep, but that will be different for different people. It's why some people yeah. need nine hours of sleep to be able to even function as a human being the next day, yeah. and other people can function on four, and that's and that's fine. Yeah, so that's fine. It was yeah. super interesting. He was very good. I can I can see why he works at Oxford. He's a clever man. But I um, thought about sleep before. Yes, yeah, but yeah, it it was. It was something that I I have learned from my mistake. I know what I did wrong, and I will, In the next time I'm filming on a sunny day outside with an Oxford professor, I'll know what to do. Great. That's good, and I hope you also learn what amount of
0: sleep you need. I still haven't learned that. No, no ar- I. what No matter what hours of sleep I get, I still am f-
1: tired the next day. Okay. Well, welcome to <laughs> Seesaw Parade, episode two one one. It is Sunday morning. In the morning, yes, it is, and yeah. we're both of us are a bit sleepy. James, do you have a, a cat and a coffee?
0: I've I've made myself a cheeky little morning coffee. Purely, usually I go for a tea first. I go for a black tea of some <laughs> sort first, but I need, I needed that um the. Even, I'm not even going to have a drink of it yet, but just the smell of coffee, it helps bring your brain into gear. And my cat is in the room, in the distance, sat in a window, having eaten her breakfast. She has now become a quiet individual.
1: Lovely. Okay, well, that's great. That is James, and that is James's cat, and I'm Colin. <laughs> yep. And thank mm-hmm. you for listening. Yeah, that's the podcast done. <laughs> not quite yet. We're, we've still got a little bit to get through. Thank you to everybody who got in touch. We actually have a review, James, coming up from <gasps> a listener. What? Uh, which is very exciting. I uh, will look looking forward to that. Uh, thank you to everybody who got in touch. Emil liked to or wanted to reflect on the comments you made, James, about making jokes about religion. And so she said, um, "I think James James's points about groups that hold power is spot on. Also, most comedy, especially observational, depends on the subject being relatable. For example, right. we can joke as comedians about Christian assemblies because we all endured them." And can relate to them. Hashtag, Mm -hmm. one more step along the world I go. (laughs) But the majority of the population wouldn't get the references in a joke about, for example, a meeting in a synagogue or a mosque. It's just one factor to bear in mind when asking why jokes are made about some groups and not others hashtag yeah. give me lols in my lamp keep me burning i give you lols right now that was funny and insightful for sure well absolutely anyway, really it's, interesting it's,
0: it's, it's making me realize that i could potentially as as a boring white person go to a, a country where there is a different religion as the power group <laughs> that's a funny word um <laughs> And actually make jokes about the power group, even though I am not within the group. Okay. So long as they were built off a base of understanding and respect and they weren't just, like, dumb and cheap. <laughs> uh, so, like, there is this, like, like, like I must say, there is this huge big area of flexibility here where, like, if you're doing something that is observational, but that observational um, stuff is intelligent and is showing a sign that you have cared to actually understand the the subject, it can still be funny.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You you explained that point very well, both right there and also last week. I did expect you right there, by the way, to say, as a boring white man, I'm thinking I could do stand-up comedy. I was expecting you to say I'm going to start stand-up comedy. As a boring white man? Yeah, that's what you said. Who isn't unattractive, I could easily (laughs) get a stand-up gig. (laughs) Isn't unattractive. That should be your Tinder bio. But of course you isn't are a, a taken man. So why why on earth would you be on Tinder?
0: Just gotta avoid writing my height there. It's not six <laughs> foot, therefore, it's manly. It's
1: six foot if you're standing far away. <laughs> six And foot, you're and yeah. you're guessing. Yeah, six foot. So it's rounding up. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with the show, you can do at cease operate on Twitter, on Facebook, and by email, ceaseoperade at gmail.com. But James, let's kick off the show. Lots of uh, itty-bitty stories this week instead of one big one. But of course, we're going to start where, well, where else? Yeah, Coronavirus. Try not to make one of them a big one. Let's go. Okay, James, the world is about to hit a devastating milestone with... Yeah. The facts that a half a million people as of Sunday will have died of coronavirus with 10 million infections worldwide. Yeah. At this point in time, the US is seeing the biggest jump in infections. If you look at these graphs and these charts that are being published by various outlets, you'll see the likes of Spain and Italy, and even Britain to an extent, with a big spike in and then a big drop, and now it's levelling out. Certainly in in Scotland, and it has already in the likes of Italy and and Spain and and elsewhere. In the States, if you see these graphs, they have a big spike, Mm -hmm. they go down a, a little bit, and then they essentially flatten out again at the same level of the first wave. Yep. And this is what we're we're seeing, particularly in the Sun states. This is Florida, Arizona, Texas, uh, Georgia, places where the bans on yeah. movement, on shops, on everything were lifted very, very early, all at once. And last week, the U.S. recorded its highest daily rate of infections since the start of. Coronavirus in well, March or February this year. Forty thousand people. Yeah, they've broken their own records again. Forty thousand people were were uh, infected, and that number is certain to be higher. As of yeah. Sunday, certain states are now rolling back some of their clamping down measures. Texas and Florida are banning some places from selling alcohol and closing some bars, and that's uh, about man, it. Yeah, James, this seems it's like tiny little measures. Yeah, this seems far too little too late yeah basically it's like
0: getting a massive massive cut and then blowing on it to try and make it better <laughs> they're just not doing a lot <laughs> and it, it, it's insane because anybody with like half of a mind trying to look at the future we're predicting this we're saying America's going to hit its second peak and it's not going to take long and it's going to be huge because of what we were seeing going on there. The same people are saying same about most of the UK because people are being dumb here as well. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame that it seems that the entirety of the US um, as a whole and then as individual pieces, most of the states are led by people who have either less than half of a brain or are <laughs> willfully able to turn off half their brain for the sake of their rich friends, yeah. or their influential friends, or a bunch of people who are just kind of bored and want to go outside again. You know, if you can willfully turn off half your brain to let people be a danger to everybody, you're being real. You're being real dumb. And I, I think, and I hope that these people will be held accountable for their mistakes because these are mistakes that shouldn't have been made, and especially not twice. So, I, like,
1: this is surely something that people could get punished for right well i mean you say that but that is the case worldwide really in places mm-hmm. like yeah. the uk and also in brazil where president Bolsonaro yeah. is essentially a coronavirus denier despite the fact that they are yeah. now second in the table of infections and deaths i re- i reckon that is malicious because um
0: in brazil it, it will be um, rampaging through indigenous populations, yeah. and Bolsonaro wants nothing more than to destroy those. So, like for sure, there's some level of interest there. He he wants that to happen.
1: The other thing we've been seeing in the states is the reluctance by swathes of the population to wear masks yeah i mean we're, we're kind of the same in the uk too this seems to be though it seems to be more an issue in the states there was um <laughs> i mean they've politicized it to be fair precisely they've politicized which is amazing that they've managed to politicize <laughs> wearing a mask and this is tied into, into a later story particularly with facebook there has been uh, a huge amount of misinformation shared online about the usage of masks particularly in the american versions of mumsnet for example mm-hmm. people are saying that the the masks uh, will decrease your oxygen and therefore your uh, lungs will suffer you might then get pneumonia and you might then die so therefore masks kill you yeah no surgeons
0: surgeons have to worry about this every time they go into the theater
1: <laughs> so to me part of it is okay that the states individually and also the u.s government should have been far more stringent and that's look it's the same for the uk they should have been far more stringent earlier than they have been yeah and but how on earth the states i understand people want to get the economy going but that's not the priority that should not be the priority i understand they wanted to do that so they opened up but they opened up far too early and now they are seeing the result of doing that and ultimately unless they went into a total lockdown Mm -hmm. it's just not going to get better yeah and also unbelievably for me
0: Is that people still, even though we are seeing countries that are success stories, even from bad places, they have successfully escaped from that bad place. There are still people online saying, hey, herd immunity is the only solution. We're doing this the right way. All these other countries are suffering far worse than we are. And it's it's just people that are deliberately blinding themselves to try and fit the real-life horrible situation into their little headcanon so they don't have to inconvenience themselves for another month or two or another year or two. Yep. Who cares? <laughs> you can look at countries that have managed to eradicate the virus or at least get it under serious levels of control and then look at yours and ask yourself
1: which country is doing worse. Did you Did you see that it's Dr. Easy. Anthony Fauci returned to the... White House coronavirus task force briefing this week, first time in two months. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, he's reappeared because he said the country had a serious problem. Uh, more than 125,000 COVID-19 patients have died in the states, Man. and he did say on Friday that the the, uh, the current rises were due to regions maybe opening a little bit too early, which is. Yeah, Kinda understating to be it. So
0: careful with his words. Yeah. Yeah. He's finally allowed back, and he can try and have a positive effect. I'm surprised he managed to not use strong words. That's like some willpower. Um, he's probably placing bets that he can be more effective over the long term by not getting removed again, and then by just stating it all
1: at once right now. I don't know. It's mad. Okay, let's go to the UK where at Bournemouth Beach, and at another couple of beaches, I think Dirtle Door in Dorset, a major incident was declared in the middle of last week after... I'm just laughing at the name of the beach. Dirtle Door. It does sound... Dirtle Durdle oh, Durdle. Door. head down to yon Dirtle Door. Meet the <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West.
0: Yeah, no, it's like... It's like Gandalf's, like, rejected... <laughs> rejected cousin. <laughs> I suppose Harry Potter would be the better tie-in, but I went for for Gandalf, you
1: know. (laughs) Oh, it worked for me. It gave me a laugh. Okay, anyway, at Dirtle Door, Bournemouth Beach, major incidents were declared as thousands of people flocked to the coast as the sun came out in Britain. It was the hottest day of the year. No, it's been been a roaster. It's It's not good. Oh, oh, hey. it's raining today which is much better yeah dorset police said there were reports of gridlocked roads overnight camping fights people got stabbed in bournemouth beach as well yeah uh, people were being urged to act responsibly and professor chris witty said that there was a real risk of a second wave if incidents like this continued to occur. Now, yeah. this is just a few days after Boris Johnson suggested that places like Dirtledore and other, uh, you know, Brighton Pier and, and Bournemouth Beach put up signs that say, welcome back. They yeah, need to be bold and welcome travellers. And... <laughs> well, they were. And then, had, well, yes, they were. And uh, maybe just too bold. And then had to clarify that actually, although the government had the power to shut beaches, they really didn't want to. <laughs> it's just so, so weak. He's just so weak. It's it's shameful. He's also said this morning that the Tory government will absolutely not be returning to austerity, which I thought was an interesting choice of words. But anyway, back to the main point. I mean, he's yeah. This is a absolutely not a, like I don't believe it. <laughs> no, 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 there's been a
0: lot of absolutely nuts from Boris and the and and his team. I don't believe this one. They'll Chlorinated for, chicken. Where are you? Yeah, exactly. So. We're going to austerity, guys.
1: He's confirmed it. Okay. James, talking about the beaches then. Yeah. Part of that is, I believe, down to the fact that people are stupid. But it's also down to the fact that the government messaging has been horrendously inconsistent.
0: Yeah, inconsistent messaging. Uh, People... I wouldn't say people are stupid, it's just everybody in the UK thinks they are different from everybody else and they will be the only one who has this good idea to do a thing. <laughs> Whereas they don't. Everybody's <laughs> had that good idea to do to do a thing. But it's because we've and we see it in the US too, we've been taught this. We've been uh, it's been bashed into our brains that we are individuals, that we are not part of a collective. Collectivism is yep. communism and that is bad. You're an individual. Don't be sheeple. And, so all this has added up to people who can't listen to do this for the collective, do this for society, do this for the country. And I'm not surprised. You think about all the times we've been told that we are each of us is responsible for our individual actions and that our actions harm ourselves and rah, 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 rah. They, they, they forget to also bash in that it is important uh, to consider that you can be indirectly harmful to society. That is not only by doing direct actions that are malicious that you can be harmful, but it is all these indirect things like going to the wrong place yeah. and wearing the wrong stuff, i.e. not wearing a mask. Uh, which I hope everybody's got one because the UK right now is still showing that we are the lowest on the measurements of people who are willing to wear masks in, in Europe. So... It's just strange, and like I'm sure it's like I'm oversimplifying by saying that we've just been told we're individuals and stuff. But it is a part of the problem. No, but I agree. We just don't see any of this recognition of society so much so that Boris had to come out and try and say we are a society, which for the a conservative to say is huge, because a certain dead conservative who we are grateful. Is no longer alive, was very heavy in telling us that there is no society, that there is only individual.
1: Moving it to Scotland, although we have been without the thousands flying to beaches, although I'm sure Portobello was busy, the main issue has been at the likes of Kelvin Grove Park and particularly the meadows in Edinburgh, where. Yes, and proper crowds. Oh, yeah, thousands of people gathered on yeah. the sunny days and, of course, then left. All of their rubbish. Yeah, left their junk at the line, right? On Friday morning, a group of Edinburgh residents met up to collect all the rubbish and then spell the numbers of people in Scotland who had currently, at that point, died from coronavirus, which is 2,482. And then they flew a drone over the site to get a picture of it. James, this is a, a wider issue, which I believe the the country has been tackling or failing to tackle for years. And it's this idea that certain people will just drop litter because 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 why not? Like what what else are we meant to do with it? Yeah. And it isn't it isn't just one bad egg. This is this is a decent proportion of the population who do this. I know
0: like littering is a huge thing here. I don't I don't get it because I feel like we've been told our entire lives not to do it and I think it's just this everybody does it so nobody else bothers like changing their their patterns, but I, 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 remember, I remember growing up and just being surprised at uh, seeing like. You have your pictures in your head of what your friends are like. And one of my pictures in my head was the people I am friends with don't litter. And then every single one of them would eventually litter in front of me and I'd be shocked. I'd be like, what is this? What is this world we live in? <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that it's still a problem in Scotland today because I was shook for my entire childhood.
1: Do you know, just just when you're saying that whole messaging drummed into you from a child, I have songs about... Picking up your litter and yeah. putting it in the bin, yeah. stuck in my head. I can remember all the words yeah. because of how often we had to either learn it in school or watch a, a video about naughty Timmy who who didn't put his litter in the bin. And now look at him, yeah. he left school and he does drugs. I will say that
0: I think, based off personal experience, that there is a lack of public bins. Not because there's not a lot, but because even the lot that we have isn't enough. Because very often, when I've got a bit of litter, well, potential litter, <laughs> I look for a bin, it's full. I go to That's the next a good one, point. it's full. And I go to the next one, it's also full. And I'm like, right, I'll put it in my pocket and put it in my bin when I get home. Yep. Like, I get to that point. About 50% of the time, I've got a bit Somebody to put away. So I reckon we do have a availability problem just kind of like we've got a public toilets problem i think we just don't have enough bins we don't have enough public toilets because all of our councils are getting their funding kind of reduced year upon year so more of this stuff is going away and disappearing and being centralized and and the rest and the rest and the rest so yeah more
1: investment would help this problem too on that note actually on friday uh myself and graham went to south queensferry and cycled over the fourth road bridge which was lovely and then we went back to South Queen's I dropped off the bikes and got some ice creams and some some juice and then of course attempting to find a bin was now nigh on impossible because they were all absolutely rammed and this was on Friday where it was raining and cloudy mm-hmm. so I've I completely agree and uh, yeah geese your bins Fife Council yeah geese your bins councils of the UK <laughs>
0: start a campaign I don't think we'd be very good at campaigning
1: James, other news this week you may have seen in Glasgow. The media got a story horribly wrong. Right. Let me explain. This was the incident at the Parkin Hotel in Glasgow, which, dear listener, you may have seen reported on Friday mm-hmm. as three dead in mass stabbing. Yeah, yeah. I heard four. Well, let me tell you, dear listener, the only person who died was the suspect. Everybody else survived. And this, there, there's more to this. Let me, let me go even further into detail. I believe, first of all, that the BBC got it from, and I'm using my air quotes here, sources. Yeah, sources. That three, that three people had died. The first screenshot I was sent yeah. uh, by my old colleague, Murray Wilson, a screenshot of the BBC News app in the headline was, Three Dead. But in the three dead, three dead was air-quoted, was quoted, not air-quoted, it was actually quoted. It was quote-quoted. Quote-quoted, three dead. And I think because the BBC went with it, everyone else saw it and also went with it.
0: Yeah, they just like, didn't
1: get their facts and ran with it. And then later on, when it became abundantly clear that actually there had been no fatalities and the only person who had been killed was the suspect who was shot dead, Mm -hmm. all mentions of three dead... Were scrubbed from history.
0: Yes, yeah, scrubbed instead of corrected publicly. Yes, were just deleted.
1: So if you if you search now for three dead Glasgow attack, you will find nada because yeah. everybody has cleaned up all all the media. Look at that! That terrible media cleaning up themselves and not telling anybody. So that was the that was the the, the main story because this incident. When I put it in the podcast running order, I started with the words, three dead, because that's what I thought happened. But actually, no. What's happened is, uh, what it appears to be, is an asylum seeker in a hotel, where which was housing asylum seekers, who was struggling with his mental health, yeah. and snapped. yeah, Stabbed six people, one of whom was a police officer, a couple uh, hotel staff, and then three other uh, asylum seekers in the hospital there were videos and photos circulating all over social media it was pretty nasty stuff but thankfully this three dead was false was fake news yeah james if anything this is a, a warning to me and it's very easy to be in glass houses and throw stones mm. but to me this is a crystal clear example of the media having to double and triple check Instead of just going on what somebody on Twitter said or, or what someone in the Scottish Police Federation got horrendously wrong, as opposed to, let's go to the real source. Let's go to the actual cops and find out what's the story here.
0: Yeah, I think the, they just want to publish something. They want to have information and they need to have it as fast as possible because yeah. even the BBC is click-driven. Uh, so they they can use this quoting technique to say that somebody at the scene says three dead and then that is the story at that point. Um and I don't really know how you how you get around that. Where we are so interconnected now that it's not just breaking news live on TV, it's Twenty-four hour breaking news right on people's phones, push notifications and all. Yeah, and you want to get that. You want to get the notification out first, and you want it to be effective. So you want the quickest fact you can, and sometimes the quickest fact you can find isn't a fact at all. Um, and it's a huge strain because it made the the fallout of this of this incident unrelated to the incident itself. Correct. The conversation instead of becoming about. What on earth has led to an asylum seeker snapping like this? Became like, is this terrorism? And why? How has there been a terrorist attack in a hotel in Scotland? It turns out it wasn't. Yeah, but that was how. That was how the the entirety of the of the discussion.
1: You're right in that the following discussion, and certainly on on Twitter, it brought out the far right trolls, including Nigel Farage, who has not made an appearance on the show for quite some time. He's not, no, thankfully. Sadly. And he suggests, or rather, he tweeted that this is what happens when you know illegal immigrants are in this country. But yeah, of course, this was asylum seekers as opposed to illegal immigrants. No illegal immigrants. Yeah, they're asylum and seekers. This, completely different. And this was the phrase or the ideology which was spreading like wildfire on Twitter. And there was very little that other than you know Glasgow councillors attempting to stand up for our fair city. There's very little you could say to that which was going to quell any sort of noise from that side. There's nothing you could do. You can't quell it. It's conspiracy
0: theory. Like if you if you try to quell conspiracy theory, they just believe it even harder. Um, and it's a huge shame because this is something we can learn from. Clearly, we're trying to do a good thing. We're accepting asylum seekers. The more, the better. Uh, usually, we house them in flats and stuff. Great. In this instance, we've, because of coronavirus, we've had to house them all in a, ho- a hotel. That also seems good. But according to other people within that system, they're just not getting given enough free space. They're not getting given enough money to actually survive. Um, they're not getting like the treatment they need for their mental health troubles. And that is just a boiling pot. It's going to boil over. And it feels like it's something we can learn from. And it's a huge shame that it took until someone actually snapped and did a horrific thing um, before we realized this. But I'm figuring surely somebody in the chain should have realized that maybe housing 100 people in a stressful environment already just by being asylum seekers, housing them all under one roof in cramped conditions without the ability to go out. And without enough money, really, to have a decent day is going to be bad. Someone should have realized that.
1: Okay, well, talking off conspiracy theories, Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer has sacked Rebecca Long-Bailey as the shadow... Education secretary. Education secretary. Thank you, James. uh, After she... Shared an article which contained an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm putting air quotes around that one too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, as am I. So Mrs. Long Bailey retweeted uh, an Independent Arts article. was an interview with the actor and Labour supporter Maxine Peake. Yeah, and uh, just to be clear here, this is the same Rebecca Long Bailey who was beaten to the party leadership by Sir Keir. Hi, she was the second in line. She uh, she almost
0: she almost did it. She was one of the final survivors.
1: Yeah, she later said she had not meant to endorse every aspect of the article. But Sir Keir said his first priority was to tackle anti-Semitism in the party. The Labour leader said the sharing of the article was wrong because the article contained anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and therefore Rebecca Long-Bailey has been stood down from the shadow cabinet. Mm. James, your initial thoughts on this? Right. (laughs) Initial thoughts.
0: (laughs) Because I have some. I want to try and address two sides of this. One, that this kind of Twitter, we've talked about this, like, are you allowed to do anything on Twitter? Yep. Uh, Two, was it anti-Semitic? So one, this is the fault of people who treat retweets as endorsements. Yes. And that usually is people on the left of the spectrum who are trying to get people fired for, you know, having beliefs that are not agreeable to the left. Hands up, we've talked about it on the podcast. We've been saying it's justifiable to fire people for saying like things about trans people or things about uh, black people on Twitter. And we all know this. It's like, it's been a fact for years and years and years. Companies will fire you for bad social media takes. Uh, and that has now become retweets are endorsements. And again, that is because the left has driven that to be the truth so now that it's struck down one of the bigger names and left lead leadership in the UK I think it's I think it's just kind of like well you get you get what you give right <laughs> the left is the left have been yeah have been kind of doing this for a long time so it's about time that somebody on their side slipped up and and had the same treatment however while I don't think you should just be retweeting anything I don't think MPs should be retweeting anything in the current climate. So it was dumb for her to retweet an interview, even if it's with a trusted friend in a trusted newspaper. Yep. This was not anti-Semitic. It's not even approaching an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. It's a maybe a conspiracy theory <laughs> about where the police learned their
1: brutality from. Right. So just, just to be clear, this... Particular quotes in question. This is a, this is a, an arts interview. It's an arts a article. Huge. huge... I read the whole thing. This is
0: uh, one sentence in a thousand.
1: Yes, it is one sentence which suggests that police learn some of their tactics from Israeli forces, well, which, depending the, on where you are in the world, is true.
0: Yeah, so the, the, it was more specific. The quote was that the police in... America learned the kneeling on the neck technique from Israeli right secret service or Mossad. So that
1: so that is is more dubious, but that is the only one I could find so it, in the in the article. Yeah, so it is it is a theory unsubstantiated that the
0: Israelis have now said isn't true. There are other people pointing out articles that ha- contain images of the. <laughs> Of the Israelis training the police Right And by the Israelis I mean the Mossad Israeli secret service Giving the police training Where they are actually doing this thing So it's kind of like muddy waters It's not really a confirmed thing So you probably shouldn't say it But it was also just an interview So it's not like everything in an interview Is going to be true It's somebody's opinion And they're allowed to have those Uh, (laughs) The article also does contain um, The retraction of a sort Saying that this has been said to be a lie. However, criticizing Israel, criticizing the Israeli like forces, criticizing their training of the U.S. police, none of that approaches anti-Semitism. So Keir Starmer is a complete idiot for trying to tie that into the anti-Semitic okay. argument because it weakens. it weakens the whole thing. If we're saying that all this is anti-Semitism, then it weakens what anti-Semitism, the definition of anti-Semitism is, and we're risking like a lot slipping by, or we're risking overly punishing people for things that are just like
1: saying Israel is bad sometimes. So I I completely agree with that. The opposite side of this though is that he did nothing. And people were then saying, oh, look, Rebecca Long Bailey retweeted an article which had an anti Semitic quote in it. Yeah. Come on, Stormer, what are you doing about it? This, this problem's continuing to perpetuate. So, so, yeah, he's got to
0: stop treating it like a coin. Yeah. <laughs> How you respond to somebody making a mistake, uh, you can do it in a scale from nothing to firing. I reckon the real <laughs> solution is somewhere in the middle, like publicly apologizing.
1: Yes, as opposed to oh yes, this person nearly beat me to the leadership contest. This is a way I can get her out. It's just a
0: purge. It is clearly in his interest to get rid of somebody on the f- further left of the party yeah. who is deemed by his surround by his like advisors to be a risk. There is there is a there is an interest here to just get rid of her, and. I think a big sign that it is a purge is because when when Corbyn was a leader, all the centrists within Labour were talking about how he's going to do a purge, he's going to do a communist purge, and that was clearly projecting because look who's done the purging.
1: Precisely. Okay, James, we have uh, delved into that story. Here's one more before we move on to the lighter side of things. Coca-Cola is among the big names who have announced they will be suspending advertising on social media globally for at least a month as pressure builds on the likes of Facebook to crack down on hate speech. This is Ben & Jerry's, it's Unilever, there's a whole host of companies who have decided they will not be spending any money at all on Facebook or Instagram advertising. And in the wake of that, shares in Facebook fell nearly 10% on Friday, and Mark Zuckerberg has announced that Facebook will begin Ah. labelling more things as potentially harmful or ah. as potentially misleading mm. because clearly they're beginning to feel some sort of pinch. Now James for me this is I mean it's 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 a little bit virtue signaling because I do presume they're going to go back to spending money with these people afterwards. Yeah. However, it's a step in the right direction, I yeah, but it's think. corporations and stuff. So, like, it
0: really is a shame that it's come down to corporations to solve these problems. Like, that's an embarrassment on, on the world. Yes. And it's just all because of money. The big companies who are selling things are not removing the, ad, like, adverts because they've got morals. It's because having their brand beside uh, a racist Facebook post looks bad. It does. Or having their advert tied to a video of anti-vaxxers looks bad. And they're worried about that. I'm not saying that everybody within those companies is evil. Uh, <laughs> but this is not a morally driven decision. And it's the same with Facebook. They're not now doing it because their, their moral soul has been awakened. And now they understand that it is bad to allow a platform that lets people manipulate others to literally die. Um, they're just doing it because they're losing money. And it's a shame that all these things are, are money-driven. It's a shame that we can't have more just like human decisions. And yes, there's a place to say that we shouldn't be expecting um, social media networks. We shouldn't be expecting companies to solve these problems that people shouldn't be posting this stuff in the first place. And we should be tackling the human problem rather than the platform problem. Uh, but all in all in all, overall this is just another reminder that we're doing it all wrong on every level <laughs> to exaggerate a wee bit we're not doing anything right on social media
1: james before we get to some movie news we're gonna start with reviews right and we have one sent in yes Thank you, Amel, for sending this in. If you would, dear listener, like to review anything you've been watching, whether that be a uh, TV show you finished or a movie, as Amel has done, please do send it in. You can do that via WhatsApp or email or just let us know and we will let you know the rest. James. Yeah, just get in touch if you want to review something. Uh, Before I ask you yours and I tell you mine, here's Amel.
2: My husband, Johnny, and I have been inspired by Colin (gasps) to also do the Marvel movie Watch Along. And so far, there's been films that I've enjoyed, some that I thought were okay, and some I have fallen asleep for. And I was quite surprised that Captain America Winter Soldier was not one of those. I did not fall asleep at all. Ah. I was surprised because Captain America, to me, up to this point, has just seemed like the sort of white bread off the Avengers, if you will, quite a beige kind of a character. I liked what he stood for, the idea that he didn't like bullies rather than he just wanted to kill baddies and blow things up. That I liked, but I just always find him a, a bit bland. I think what worked really well in this movie was the other two leads, Falken, played by Anthony Mackie, and Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson. I think they were really well written and acted and they brought a spark to the film. It did still fail the Bechdel test and the diversity Bechdel test but both these characters were interesting, in-depth and pivotal so that was really great to see. Overall, I'd say what I really liked was the just the sort of political edge that it brought Mm -hmm. looking at real world issues rather than sort of fantasy aliens living millions of miles away. The character of Captain America, I, I liked this time. I thought he had a real sense of struggle. He was very insightful. The whole idea of, you know, we're not just goodies versus baddies, it's not that black and white. And seeing the mixed feelings and motivations of him, of the Winter Soldier, I thought was really interesting and well done. Mm-hmm. They included veterans. They looked at the sort of um, issues of veterans returning through Captain America and Falcon returning and finding it difficult to integrate back into to life. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really strong theme. And the plot overall was compelling. It was complex. And I didn't see the big twist coming, which I feel in other Marvel films has not been the case. What I didn't like, I did feel like there was just endless fighting and car chase scenes and I'm wondering who is going to clean up all this plate glass because (laughs) it's ridiculous. There was was so much of it and I appreciate some people really enjoy that and that's what some people are are watching for. So I don't mind that. What I do mind is the fact that throughout the film, both men and women with long hair didn't tie it up while they were fighting. And that really annoyed me because I tie my hair up even, you know, just to do the dishes. So Black Widow about to fight, you know, 50 baddies. I think she could just do with putting her hair in a wee ponytail. Winter Soldier the same. That hair all on his face, all in his eyes. That's that's no good for anybody. So th- that was the downside. Overall, I thought it was a gripping political plot. Characters had depth, they were well-written and acted. And my downside would be uh, so much fighting and um, Black Widow having a pivotal role, but still being the object of male gaze, mm. undeniably.
1: So overall, I gave it 8 out of 10. Oof!
0: Solid review. There we go. I gave that review a solid 10 out of 10. That was good stuff.
1: <laughs> and showing uh, us how to really <laughs> review this kind of stuff. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I should quit. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I'm not quit get ML on the actual
1: show. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Thank you so much for that review. That was uh ML. No, hard to agree with like almost every single point. Exactly. Thank you very be, much.
0: I will be the pushback to the fighting and this and this stuff. Like there is too much. Marvel Marvel films are best and they have a bit less fighting. But having seen a lot of the behind the scenes and a lot of the stuntmen chime about the fights in um Winter Soldier in particular, they did a lot of that for real. Wow. Like it was all real stunts and it was all uh, person to person rather than CG fights and rather than green screening at all, it was actually out and about doing stuff. So they get points for doing real stuff. And that's another thing that grounded the film or just it was clearly uh, in several ways grounded, as M L has said, in lots of other ways, too.
1: James, before I get to my Marvel watch along, have you been seeing or have you had any time at all to exist outside of
0: work? I've watched some episodes of some shows, but I've not finished any none worth reviewing okay. yet. I can review my experience of trying to watch a show yesterday. I, I tried to tune in to one of my ongoing shows and my uh, my provider of choice was, was told me that I, the show was not available in my region. Oh, really? And that was really sad. And I thought, I'll never get to see the end of this show. <laughs> and then I tried again later on and it wasn't there. So I think I might have moved country briefly in the middle of the day nice uh, without really knowing I hate when that uh, that was a cool experience it turns out moving countries are barely detectable
1: so 10 (laughs) out of 10 review great well thank you for that James I'll uh, move on with my Marvel watch along which this week took me to Iron Man 3 which I had the good one the good Iron Man yeah I think I maybe saw it once after it came out of the cinema so this was this was very much a, a fresh replay this of course yeah. has the likes of well robert downey jr for starters but then you've got guy pierce you've got sir ben kingsley rebecca hall don Cheadle, gwyneth paltrow paul bettany and directed by shane black uh who is uh he's, he's got a certain style uh, his One of his most recent films was The Nice Guys, which is one of my favourite comedies of all time. Oh, that's a great film, So yeah. good. Anyway, back to Iron Man 3. Uh, it follows on from the events of The Avengers, where Iron Man has fallen through a wormhole to save the day, and uh, his attempts to take revenge after his bodyguard, Happy Hogan, is blown up, ends up with him befriending a quick-witted, fast-talking child from Tennessee, who's played by Ty Simpkins, if you remember that. Yeah. My my summary of this film is that it is a big improvement on iron man 2 but it's it's difficult to pinpoint why that is i think yeah there, there's there's numerous aspects which have just all been improved to make it a better film so for example the dialogue is better you can see the influence that shane black's had on it yeah the comedy is much less in your face it's it. i mean marvel slapstick is never ever really funny no but the the back and forth and some of the throwaway lines are, are are much more effective here than they were in previous movies. I thought the the action set pieces largely worked. The free-falling free falling people from an exploding Air Force 1 is very well done. You can see that some of the shots yeah. are yeah. actually real, which is kind of crazy, but uh, works really well. The only... Well, I've got a couple of issues here. Tony is dealing with anxiety slash PTSD from what happened at the end of the avengers which when it's originally introduced i think oh i forgot about this but the the film also forgets about it when things get exciting it's only in the really boring slow moments yeah. that suddenly he gets affected by an anxiety attack or, or ptsd as opposed to the really crucial moments when he's actually blowing things up and being beaten up by everybody
0: yeah and yeah no you like ptsd affects you at all times even the most peaceful times but it will also affect you at the rest of the times
1: too. Yeah, exactly. As uh, some listeners may not have ever seen Iron Man three, I will protect uh, what happens in the third act. But it Complete is plot. Yeah, it is very well done. I still really enjoyed it, and um, the performances of Ben Kingsley in particular. My other, my other issue is, and this, <laughs> this is, I'm sorry, Gwyneth Paltrow. It's Pepper Potts again. Yeah, I know. Who is the damsel in distress in this movie? Until the very end. And let me just re-explain what happens in the the closing scene, the closing moments of the villain Guy Pierce getting his comeuppance, okay? So, she is the damsel in distress yeah. until the very end, yeah. where she falls 200 feet into a fire. Yeah. But because she has been injected with this extremist DNA, she is totally fine. The extreme virus. However... It seems that a side effect of this extremist DNA is that she now knows close combat and quantum physics because Killian is killed after she, and this is exactly what happens, she barefoot kicks an explosive (laughs) into a spinning motion in the air directly towards this dude's head and then with the Iron Man arm that she has ripped off A machine flying in midair. She blows up said explosive and the dude is dead. Mm -hmm. They they also seem to have an endless supply of disillusioned amputee army veterans for the uh, Iron Man army to finish off. But my goodness, that ending, I had to watch it three times just to make sure. Right. She has kicked an explosive with her bare foot in such a way. It literally curves. It's like a football. And it's, it just took me out of the film totally. That being said, yep. it is a big improvement. Iron Man two still not at the heights of Iron Man the original, and the villains, uh, despite the fact that they are given more uh, depth this time, Guy Pierce is just kind of classic smarmy smart villain. Yeah, uh, Re- Rebecca Hall is does the job uh, as a sort of halfway in between good girl bad girl. It does pass the Bechdel test just. The, uh, a couple more, bo- uh, a couple more notes. James Badge Dale, who you will have seen in everything, is a very good secondary antagonist. Liked him a lot. Uh, there's a nice Jensen callback at the very start. And, uh, the final shot of the entire film is almost a fourth wall break, which I didn't know was the first time. I don't remember it. So, so he's, Iron Man is, uh, he's at the ruins of his, his Malibu home. Yeah. And he's in his car and he's looking in the, the rear view mirror as narration is playing I hate narration. I like it sometimes. The final sentence is, I am Iron Man. Right. And just, just as the camera cuts, instead of looking at the rear view mirror, he looks directly at the camera. It's maybe a half second. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, that was weird. I I just, I just didn't really understand why they did it. (laughs) They were like dipping their, they were dipping their
0: toe into the Deadpool's,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Deadpool style. I'm just, I'm just very unsure as to why that was the decision that they wanted to take. Just... A suddenly oh look i'm looking I, at the camera I, now
0: i feel like what i remember from iron man 3 there's a lot of things they do that it's like why did they decide that's the thing to do like like you're saying like the whole pepper pot's third act thing
1: and, and it's also the child like ty simpkins who's maybe he's maybe 10 in this film yeah like some of the stuff he comes out with has clearly been written by someone who thinks they're being smart in the writer's room, as opposed to, would a 10-year-old child say this? Absolutely not. Don't underestimate 10-year-old children. No, 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 no. He he, he says things... I don't remember the lines. So. Iron Man says things like, where's where's your parents? And he's like, well, my dad left town to get some some supplies, and he never came back. That was six years ago. On goodness sake! All right, yeah. You can't... It's, it's just stupid things like that yeah anyway like it's it's real life year old kid where's your parents immediately cry <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> it is one of the better marvel films but it's still not great it's it's nowhere near the heights of what marvel can do with the likes of guardians of the galaxy which is coming up soon yeah i i didn't get much from it i feel like it
0: was probably a good build up i think the third act completely lost me and lost my entire support for the film i don't think i liked the third the third act at all
1: it well it's the fact that des- despite iron man's mansion being blown up he suddenly manages to summon this entire arsenal of iron man suits who who just dispatch all the bad guys for him?
0: Yeah, we got the needless Age of Ultron style bunch of fighting going on in the background and everywhere yep. all at once, just for excitement's sake, rather than actually like impacting the story at all. But it's just it's also just like all of a sudden Pepper's a hero. Oh boy. How about that <laughs> for the woke movement? Pepper's the hero now. That's not token at all. Um where they could have actually earned that. They could have had a film of her like being given this virus or whatever it was, this DNA, and struggling for the entire film to overcome this hurdle that had been put in her life. And then at the end, finally clicking pieces in together and slowly working up this ability to be an effective um, counterpart to the hero team. But instead it was just like, oh, she's a hero now. Yeah. By the the way, she's a hero now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And like she falls in a fire and her hair doesn't get burnt. Like, what's the point in that? She falls like, in a fire and like, like she she comes out, I think she's just wearing like a tank top. Maybe she's not what, not even, maybe it's a sports bra. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I think they're probably trying to just make us all ogle at her, but it's like Well, Gwyneth. there's
1: one shot where she is, she's like stretching backwards and it is very much a look at them abs kind it's, of shot.
0: Yeah, it's like a gratuitous, look
1: how slim
0: Gwyneth is with her goop. Look how, look her goop works. <laughs> it's a goop sales technique, this film okay but i don't know i just question anything that's got her in it these days because she's just not very uh, very good of a person well um, and i'm trying not to judge the story based off that but i feel like the story is also just cheap not just her
1: well having watched having now watched back the iron man trilogy her role slash performances in the film are much they had more of an impact on me this time in a negative way than they did the past right I think I just noticed more of what was going wrong, and that is not so much to do with her performance; it's more to do with the way that she's written.
0: Yeah, so writing as a character, as well. like I'm not saying it's a hundred percent down to Gwyneth just being bad at what she does. Uh, like I just, I don't think the character is ever well written. I think even as we're approaching the end of the films, you know, Endgame and stuff, she still isn't well written. She still just gets given these token gestures for how to be significant rather than having any sort
1: of a story okay let's move on very briefly in movie news tenet the follow-up by christopher nolan has been delayed Ah, yes yet again it's now been pushed back to the middle of august james do we expect that's going to be the final date they settle on if it's
0: not i hope i i I hope it just gets even better vfx i hope all this time is just going into making the vfx really hard to detect
1: okay and moving on michael keaton is in talks to play the role of Batman, once again, uh, yeah. in The Flash. Yeah. This is an, an interesting one. So this is... Uh, like TV, The Flash. This is going to be nearly 30 years since his role in Batman Returns in 1992. The upcoming Flash movie, which has been in... Production for I want to say the entirety of this podcast. Yeah.
0: So is this if Flash is using the same actor as the TV show, or is it? I don't know. No, I don't ever remember. I don't ever remember if the if the DC universe uses the same actor for film and TV anymore.
1: The, this. So so the Flash in in the movies is Ezra Miller. Yeah. But there was some problematic footage of him which uh, aired on social media about a month ago. So whether or not he's still in the role, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really keeping up. The storyline that's being suggested is one from the comic books where it's a it's an obviously a much older Batman. So that might be cool. yeah well Batman's a great character
0: and um, because you're dealing with somebody who's done a lot of vile things even though they swore not to and you're also dealing with someone whose inability to or not whose decision to never kill well sorry His decision to never kill the significant bad guy but be free to kill whoever henchman he wants uh, has led to just continued crime forever so it's a Batman that's dealing with a lot of weight
1: okay final piece of movie news and a couple bits of TV Margot Robbie has been cast as the lead in a new (laughs) Uh, new Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff a new new so this is is not the one did we talk Mm -hmm.
0: about the new Pirates of the Caribbean before?
1: no this is not the one that we talked about with Karen Gillan this is another one (laughs) <laughs> so they're, they're not in the same movie As far as I can tell This is
0: another spin-off Yeah, so Karen Gillan's coming on Into Pirates of the Caribbean The reboot And Margot Robbie's coming into Pirates of the Caribbean The spin-off Correct Yeah What do we think about this? I mean, she's a pretty good actor uh, She does a lot of She does a lot of different things She can do different characters It's whether or not Pirates of the Caribbean Is a franchise that has any longevity I question I'm not sure what they can do With that franchise that is new So as I said, I think about the last one. Unless they are going for an, just a genuine, this is what pirates were actually like, isn't it disgusting? <laughs> they all have um, scurvy. Film, yeah, they all got scurvy and died. Um, and like, if they're, unless they are going for a different feel from this, like slight comedic, slight horror. Um, I'm not really sure what they're aiming for here, yeah. but it's a successful franchise. It's going to make money no matter what they do.
1: It is a successful franchise. I think the only thing they could really do, and this actually didn't work for Transformers, was a totally new spin-off, new character, new backstory, a really excellent film. I enjoyed Bumblebee a lot, and if you do get a chance to see it, it is actually very good. Yeah, I believe. But the only issue there, by the way, is that the film didn't make money. Yeah, I know. They right? made maybe. 200, 250 million which was obviously not what this previously billion, billion, previously billion dollar franchise had brought in. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I, that's what I reckon they're doing. They, they're going to continue the main saga, but here's here's another vehicle we can uh, pour a uh, Margot Robbie into and and get lots of money in. Yeah,
0: maybe they're going to change the location. It's going to be like Pirates of the Somewhere Else. Pirates of the Minch. Pi- Berber pirates of the bar of the Berber
1: <laughs> Berbers. Okay, penultimately, episodes of Community, The Office, 30 Rock, Scrubs, and more have all been pulled by the likes of Hulu and Netflix for scenes which included blackface. Yeah. Some of these, James, have been at the request of the show's creators. Uh huh. uh, Scrubs Uh and 30 Rock, Tina Fey came out and and said that that had been a a request from her. But the other ones have been either edited out of the episode or the episode's been pulled entirely yeah what do we think of this retroactively removing blackface from tv
0: well i think that especially because it's like modern shows i think that if the creators of the shows are like well hold on i've grown up now the thing i did back then was bad we shouldn't be airing it anymore and making money from it i think that's probably justified that's that's a pretty good decision um i do feel some people are being a bit more careful than they need to be um, not because blackface isn't bad, but because not all instances of blackface is a joke on um, race, but it's a joke on racism. Yeah. Um, but I think when you're looking at people that are saying, I don't want my work to be in public anymore, that should be their decision. Um, I think we've seen, like It's Always Sunny has had a couple of episodes pulled because they did blackface, uh-huh. but it was their episodes with that featured blackface were pretty obviously... A commentary on racism and Ah. how disgusting racism is. So I think, why would you remove that? Like, sure, it's got blackface in it, but the blackface is serving the purpose of these characters are disgusting for doing this. That is just ignoring the problem rather than trying to solve the problem. So there is this line... I'm not, I'm sure that like most of these shows, they're getting removed because the blackface was just like actually just racist. Um, I remember the one in the
1: community. It's the Dungeons and Dragons episode i actually saw it a couple of weeks ago before it got pulled and it's chang who is playing a character from dungeons and dragons and i wanted to be fair when i did see it, i did think that's a little bit close to the bone however i get the joke at the same time so yes they even in the show they
0: acknowledge hey yeah they they acknowledge it yeah but then they do say well he's cosplaying a, a fictional race the drow who are like the dark elves yep so I think if we're approaching lines where you can't like cosplay as fictional races, we're, we're maybe being a bit too careful because like that's just kind of are we approaching and we're saying like all fictional races that are dark skinned are a commentary on black people. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Because it's a different, it's, it's also a different skin tone. The dryer, I believe, are a purpley blue skin tone. Which humans don't really do. No. Um <laughs> Okay. So there like there is this there is this really big grey area, and I think that while we are freshly getting rid of all of these shows, it's not surprising that some of them that are in the grey area are being removed and are being set aside. Maybe they'll return. We've talked about it with Faulty Towers and stuff. Um, I think it makes sense that in the moment they're getting removed and reviewed. I, I like I would be pretty surprised if every single one of these shows was forever forgotten like they weren't allowed to come back because a lot of them are a commentary on racism is bad don't do racism so i don't see why it makes sense to get rid of shows that are saying that
1: yep well james one Uh, so yeah it's difficult well one final story then this is brooklyn 99 who are going back to the drawing board for their eighth season set to return already but cast member terry cruz has told press that the writers have scrapped every episode they've written so far yeah. and starting over yeah this is this is what i actually didn't think of brooklyn 99 is going to have a, a bit of a job on its hands to make what is a pretty serious national movement into something lighthearted. yeah so y- y- they've They've got a
0: difficult job because the thing—the thing that you could do is just bring in a racist police antagonist, but that's cheap. Why do that? Um, so they've got a real difficult job of like tying because they are a, a police—a police show set in modern days. So they have to tie this in somehow. To not tie it in would be to ignore it, which is bad. To tie it in in a way that isn't good is also bad. So they're really stuck. I'm not surprised they're restarting the show. Um, I don't think. I've seen quite a lot of the show. I don't think I've seen anything much in it that was, like, problematic. They kind of are painting the police in a better light than than really the police should be painted in. Uh, But they also do make it clear very often that they are the unique police precinct. That the way that they're doing things is rare even within their own fictional show that they've, like, they're... Like I don't think I've got many problems with the show in terms of how it portrays the police in real life because it's making a very clear point that this isn't what the police are like very often. Um, but still, uh, if, they, if they're trying to make an impactful, meaningful season based around current ongoing events, I, I, I really want to see it and I really want to see it done well because it could be good because comedy very often can have the, the best message.
1: Okay, James, time has escaped us once again, crashing through the hour barrier. Indeed, error. yes, indeed. Thank you very much. And dear listener, thank you very much for listening. Please do get in touch. Yeah, please. If you want to review anything at all,
0: just let us <laughs> no. know and we'll figure out how you can do it for us.
1: Okay, James, I hope today is much less busy for you and I'll see you at some point yeah, yeah, next yeah. week. See, see you soon. Sorry we're
0: not live, everybody. It's the morning. Maybe in the future we'll do a live episode. Another time. Another time. Or maybe we'll just do other things live. But don't you worry, we'll figure it out. Okay, bye, James. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone.